Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Lisa Stroda. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Tell Me Your Story. I hope you get some motivation, inspiration, and value from this podcast. You can find me at lswellnessqc.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter, and you can get a dose of weekly inspiration, along with an audio file about five people who persevered and got the lives they wanted. I look forward to connecting with you on the Tell Me Your Story Facebook page, and you can find me on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Podcast. Send me a message and take a picture of your podcast player listening to us and tag me in your Instagram stories, and I'll be happy to repost you. This week, I talked to Dr. Frida Tyson of Prairie Chiropractic in Bettendorf, Iowa. We discuss chiropractic medicine, birth stories, motherhood, and internalized misogyny. I'm here with Dr. Frida Tyson, who owns Prairie Chiropractic in Bettendorf, Iowa, and she specializes in gentle chiropractic adjusting, no twisting, popping, or cracking. And Dr. Frida and I met at the Quad Cities Chamber Open Coffee, which is for entrepreneurs. And we have been friends for a few years. And so, um, you know, when I I have never gone to a chiropractor until I moved to the Quad Cities. And I'm learning all of these things about chiropractic medicine (laughs) and the different types of chiropractic medicine. So welcome, Frida, to Tell Me Your Story podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. I was really honored that you asked me to be here. Yeah, we met at Open Coffee. That was, it was probably 2006. I opened my practice in 2006. I'm, I was relatively new to town at the time. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin originally. And so, yeah, I was forcing my introverted self to get out there and meet people and network and engage with the community. And I loved Open Coffee. Luckily, there was lots of awesome people there like you that I still am (laughs) friends with. And still, that was a really good, good thing for me. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. So um, what made you get into chiropractic medicine? What? was the interest I actually got introduced like I said I was from I'm from Madison Wisconsin and there's not a lot of chiro- there's some chiropractic utilization in Madison but not like it is in the quad cities mm-hmm. and so I had never gone to a chiropractor it was kind of off of my radar to be honest with you I was pretty engaged with the dog world I was working as a dog trainer I was working in a doggy daycare um, I was not yet working at a, as a vet tech, although I did. Was I working as a vet tech? I don't think yet. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did end up doing that before I came to chiropractic college. But my dog, he was half basset hound, half lab. And big shocker if you're familiar with those breeds at all, but he had trouble <laughs> with his back. And my veterinarian, knowing that I was more interested in more holistic approaches, mm-hmm. recommended the animal chiropractor for him. And we went and that was kind of the, that was my introduction. And he felt way better. His spirits, I think his spirits and his vitality, like the change in that was really the thing that I was like, whoa, this is something special. So I can thank him. 
<laughs> That's a wonderful story. Yeah, yeah. And so I, like I said, I ended up becoming a veterinary technician and working at a vet clinic for just a couple of years. I was, and like I said, I was always more holistically minded. And I started wanting just to do do a little bit more, get some more education. And so veterinary school seemed like the obvious next step for me. And I did look into it. And ultimately, knowing that I wanted to practice more holistically, it didn't make a lot of sense. And so I actually applied to Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa, here in the Quad Cities, uh, with the intention of becoming an animal chiropractor at the end of the day. I work with people now, so that has changed, but that was my intention going in was to work with animals. That is interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. And and the woman, Johnson, was my dog's name. Johnson's chiropractor. I'm still in touch with her. She's still a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. And honestly, <laughs> most of the adjusting that I do in my office, I do a gentle, no popping, no cracking technique. I learned from her going to on barn calls and adjusting horses with her. So that's actually, wow. yeah, most of what I do, I learned with her literally on animals, mostly horses. See, now <laughs> I cannot picture a horse being adjusted. Yeah. So you need a little step stool so you can reach the vertebrae. <laughs> and then she, I believe, and I'm not an expert in this. I know how she does it, but I don't know how everybody does it. She uses like a little hammer and mallet uh-huh, on the vertebrae. Uh-huh. I don't think that everybody does that. And then it also depended on what she was adjusting because I never used those tools on horses. I always did hand adjusting. Mm-hmm. So, and that again is what I mostly do here is hand adjusting the way that she taught me. Um, so yeah, I mean, they have big bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, her little step stool and her little got the job done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, you learn something new every day because I would didn't know that. I mean, there um, I've seen babies get adjusted. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories um, from, you know, I heard a story from a friend. She says, I never went to a chiropractor until my daughter was having ear infections mm-hmm. and yep. we couldn't just they would just keep reoccurring yep. ear infections and someone said you know what you should go to the chiropractor take her to the mm-hmm. chiropractor she says are you sure i don't know about yeah. manipulating yeah. and she says lisa it cured her ear infections mm-hmm. and i'm a believer in chiropractic medicine now. i have yeah i have a toddler right now that i see for that exact just and now we're in a preventative just to keep them away. But yep, and her mom was not so sure. But yeah, it mm-hmm. it's a it's a relatively common thing for kids that uh-huh. it can really help with ear infections. Yeah. She was trying to prevent her from getting tubes. Sure. In the ear. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she says, "Ah, sure, I'll try it," and yep. she it worked and yeah. she's just isn't that was, neat? Yeah. <laughs> that is well, and it's something wonderful. that. Uh, allopathic medicine has a really hard time working with your kids ear infections it's Mm -hmm. not an easy thing there are kids that get those chronic ear infections I was actually one of those kids and if my mom had only known about chiropractic I probably would have a slightly different story Mm -hmm. but yeah it's very it's very cool yeah 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 um where I come from in Chicago there weren't very many chiropractic Mm -hmm. doctors sure um and I'm not, I mean, I know there are many around here with mm-hmm. the school being here. Um, but I found that in the Quad Cities, just 
the whole um, uh, attitude towards medicine and holistic medicine mm -hmm. is so much different than, say, in Chicago. Yeah, and, that's true of Madison, too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen it, like, growing a little bit more in Chicago, mm -hmm. or I'll go past uh, a mall, or so, and they'll, they'll be a health coach. Sure, or, sure. Um, I'll find, you know, a more a doctor I'll see, you know, I'll see online that's a more functional mm -hmm. medicine approach. Yeah, I think that functional medicine is definitely gaining, gaining popularity. And I'm not an expert, but I think that was good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so good. Why we, yeah, yeah, I think um, when you talk about uh, diet and exercise mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. mindset, yes, um, and how all of those affect your health, mm -hmm. and I found with health health coaching that mm -hmm. it can. Be, it can be very hard for people to wrap their mind around, um, you know, telling them to change their diet. Sure. I think we live in a society of convenience and it's oh, easy 100%. to, <laughs> it's easy to all just stop here after work. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, I've worked it with, uh, with people, you know, about, we talk about meal prep mm -hmm. And things like that. And sure. It's, it's, it is. It's hard in this society to do that. But I think, you know, the more you surround yourself with your, your doctors who are on board. Yeah. Um, and Well, and just surrounding yourself yeah. by like-minded people, people that mm -hmm. make it, that normalize it for your own little bubble. It's normalized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I've kind of noticed that with some things in my life. And it makes it easier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. It sure does. Um, so, yeah, is the pandemic affected your business especially i mean if you're i mean hands-on yes yeah it absolutely and, has um as a healthcare provider i've been legally allowed to be open so that hasn't been an issue as far as the government telling me to be closed but i will say so back in march the second half of march i had a lot of cancellations of just people choosing to be home and it's hilarious looking back now because that's when we thought it was going to be like a couple of weeks yeah well like truly what were we thinking I do not know <laughs> that's not how pandemics work but anyway <laughs> um yeah so I was kind of like okay well I'll ride this out for a mm -hmm. month or two and then it'll be whatever um so April quite frankly it was pretty slow and then kind of in May, I started picking up again. I'm not quite back to normal, but I'm, I'm not quite back to what I was last year, but I'm close. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, I offer an in-person local service. So I don't really, I know of no way to move an adjustment online. <laughs> that is beyond my comprehension. So yeah, it has affected yeah. it. But at the same time, I mean, I'm getting by. We're mm -hmm. making it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I know you have a little one. I did. We were the one. We were talking about little ones getting adjusted. Yes. And so, does your little one do you, now? Does she get adjusted? I mean, as a as a doctor, mm -hmm. do you adjust her? Do you take take her to someone else? I know some doctors don't feel comfortable like sure. treating family members. Oh, like sure. Yeah, we, uh, well, actually, her father, my, we're not married, but mm -hmm. I, my partner, we live together. Mm -hmm. Her father is also a chiropractor. So she was actually adjusted by him on the day that she was born. 
And then we're not, <laughs> we don't have a super regular schedule for her, mm-hmm. but we do have a chiropractic table at home and we do adjust each other at home. Mm-hmm. And so when we're doing that, she'll often ask to get adjusted. She's two and a half now, so she can ask and then she'll adjust us, which is basically <laughs> just, you know, having us lay down and touching, touching us. <laughs> yes. Um, and she, sometimes she wants her dad and sometimes she wants me. So it's kind of just whatever she wants, we kind of roll with. So that's how we approach it with her. But she does get adjusted regularly, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That, that is so cute. I could just imagine. I could just see. Well, <laughs> and we actually, I brought her to the office while I was seeing patients. I don't, that's not my first choice, but mm-hmm. I forgot exactly why she was here with me. But anyway, she brought her little baby doll. And the first thing she does when we come in is she put her baby doll on the table and she starts adjusting her baby. So, yes, she's obviously watching. <laughs> How cute. Oh, my gosh. It was really Yeah, cute. I have pictures. It's very cute. <laughs> so, um, it, do you want to talk about um, motherhood or birth? I know you I are the creator of Feminist Manifesta. Yes. And, um, I know you wrote an article that's on elephant journal. Yes. And it's called dear patriarchy. I refuse to play your games anymore. It's a very moving piece. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. And I think if anyone is, um, is interested, is wondering what, um, um, internalized misogyny is that they should read your article. Yeah. Um, this first person account of how you discovered that and going back, seeing how that. Sure. Yeah. And the article is very edited (laughs) because there's so much more I could say about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that article is very near and dear to my heart. Feminist Manifesto, quite frankly, it's still evolving. I started it as a blog and a birth consulting for women who are interested in home birth. Mm -hmm. I had a home birth myself. And I, when I was in maternity care or maternal care, prenatal care, excuse me, I actually had a violation of consent happen and I had, a, I had been interested in home birth anyway. I was actually born at home myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, myself and my sister were born at home. And so that's fairly normal in my world. But I didn't assume that home birth was something available to me, which is so silly in retrospect. I guess I just didn't know how to find somebody. I didn't know how we were going to pay for it because mm-hmm. I had regular like healthcare insurance. And when I had that violation of consent and I was just like, oh, So I'm not going to have bodily autonomy in this experience and I'm not going to have any say over what I'm okay with or not okay with. So I think I need to find a new plan. (laughs) (laughs) And so Feminist Manifesta has really been born out of my journey to home birth and the ways in which my home birth was a feminist act in claiming my own body and claiming my own reproduction and being in charge of my own reproduction more fully Mm -hmm. and inviting other women to do the same. A big part of it. And I, I blog and I write, and I actually have a unpublished book that maybe someday will get published, but it's not ready yet. Um, 
where a lot of it is kind of examining internalized misogyny. There is a lot of misogyny in prenatal care and in maternity care. I think when, if you just went to say that statement to somebody, they would Mm -hmm. push back against it because Uh we don't necessarily assume that or see that. But then when you kind of start to examine what, why, you know, bodily autonomy and who's in charge of our reproduction, I think it becomes more clear why, mm-hmm. why I see, why I see so much misogyny in that industry. I mean, misogyny is everywhere. I'm not trying to pick on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it was a real feminist act for me to, to stay home and say, I got this. My body's got this. I know how to birth my baby better than your book learning has taught you. So uh-huh. this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's evolved <laughs> because I've moved into, I've actually been making things lately and I've been like physical, floral, feminist decor. And I've been doing that under the name Feminist Manifesta as well. Mm-hmm. So who knows what this is going to look like <laughs> in a couple of years, but I really want to pursue that side of making things and being creative in that, in that feminist vein uh-huh uh-huh yeah <laughs> so. that that's great there's um I'm I'm really interested and that's why I started this podcast mm-hmm. I'm interested in people's journeys sure and how you know what took them from a to b mm-hmm. to c sure and um when I mean, you talk about discovering um when you talk about birth being a feminist act and mm-hmm. it's I remember when I had my daughter, as scared as I was, mm-hmm. because I had problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a placenta previa, mm-hmm. so I was on bed rest for most of it. Right, and, right. Um, except towards the end, when they said, "Okay, you have to come in for an ultrasound, and if the if the previa is still there, then you are um, where you will just, you know, mm-hmm. will induce you. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna okay, mm-hmm. and then, um, but if it isn't." You get to go home and sure. and wait for the birth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking, um, yeah, okay, well, I'm I'm so prepared. Okay, I'm yep. you know, I'm gonna have this baby. <laughs> yep. You're gonna be going in. Because really, what are the odds of this changing? Right. Well, the elders they have the ultrasound, they're like, Well, we don't see a preview yeah. anymore. Yep. And it can't change. And you yep. get to go home oh, <laughs> and, and wait. But um Going through that, it, my first, it was, it, I mean, well, it was scary because mm-hmm. I just, um, you know, didn't know right. what, and I'm just listening to mm-hmm. whoever mm-hmm. Uh, was there. And, um, you know, I think I was in labor. Everybody, it's just so funny because you said, how long were you in labor? And mm-hmm. they'll, they, down to the minute, me, I think I was in labor 12 hours. Well, it depends <laughs> when you start the clock, right? When exactly. Does quote unquote start? It depends. <laughs> it's a, it's a kind of a smushy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smushy is a good word. There was, um, there, you know, so, but afterwards I was thinking, wow, I can't, I did that. Mm-hmm. My body did yes. that. And I didn't, you know, and I didn't really, I mean, have, I mean, it wasn't a positive experience okay, because yeah. I, I had, well, because of the fear mm-hmm. and, um, I mean, I had always had, uh, cramping and yeah, painful sure. periods yeah. and, 
um, it every month, I just dreaded every sure. month. I mean, it controlled my life. Yeah. And then I was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis. Mm-hmm. I had laparoscopy. Um, so they, the doctors told me, we, you, we don't think you're going to be able to have children. Mm-hmm. There's a 99.9% chance you won't have children. And then I got pregnant on my honeymoon. Well, way to well, way well, to beat the odds. I know. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what? You have more than one child." I, I yes, to know. I do. Yeah, <laughs> and it was yeah. And then okay, so I have my daughter, mm-hmm. and then she's six months old, and I find out that I'm pregnant with my son. Wow. I mean, I mean, it was, and then even that was scary. It was so sure. funny. My my ex husband, who's a family physician, you know, we so. My son, we go, I, I'm being induced cause he's late mm-hmm. and, um, the, do, you know, the, his doctor, I don't know. He was somewhere else. Um, my ex, my ex-husband says, well, I'll go put on my scrubs cause he was scared <laughs> that sure. he was going to have to deliver. Really? And I said, get back here <clears throat> now. And then. The nurses, sir, we don't need you. <laughs> we don't need your wife to be any more upset than she already is. Sure. He says, I've never seen you like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but my body reacted in a different way. Yeah. It, like when it, you were afraid, you mean? It, yeah. Oh, I was more, I was more scared with my son uh-huh. than I was with my daughter. And uh-huh. I was lucky. I was on the phone with my aunt. And she was telling me how, when she had my, my cousins, um, she says, you know, back way back then they took us to the OR, they'd rush us to the OR. And she says, they kept telling, and she says, the baby was just coming. I had no control. Mm -hmm. And that is what happened with my son. Sure. I, they kept saying, don't push. And I said, I am not pushing. This baby's coming. And that was the scary (laughs) part was. I had no control over my body. Yeah. I said, yeah. this is happening. I, yeah, it, that was very, that was kind of mind blowing. Cause sure. I was like the, it was mind blowing and beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, his father was there cause I'm like, if he would have gone to the, it would happen so quick. Sure. Um, but, uh, uh, and, and, you know, after he says, why are you so scared? You've been through this before. Right. I said, oh, no, uh-uh. Yeah, this is way different yeah. than with my daughter, who I, I kept pushing. And it was always mm-hmm. like two steps forward, one step yep. back. And mm-hmm. so I was pretty close to a C-section mm-hmm. pr- from what he told me sure. yep. afterwards. But, yeah, I mean, when you talk about birth stories and... Yeah, I really... And your story is a... It's so interesting for me when I hear birth stories because we are so taught to fear birth and fear our bodies. We are so, our society is just so afraid of birth and so, even I would argue we're afraid of the female body, right? Because Mm -hmm. speaking, you know, this is all tied together and I don't know if I can explain it super well for, for everybody who may not be used to thinking about these ideas, but we we exist in female bodies, we live in women's bodies, and we are blamed for the sexual violence perpetuated against us because mm-hmm. of our bodies. 
um, if we don't fit, even if we do fit whoever else's beauty standard with our body size and shape, there's a lot of shame and blame and just hatred towards our own bodies and from, from ourselves and from other people. And then birth is the same thing because it's this thing that this female body does and exclusively the female body and we can get into trans stuff and, and that's, um, I don't want to disclude those experiences, but speaking mm-hmm. specifically of cis women having babies, this is something that our bodies do. This is a miracle. This is like, this is our feminine power and mm-hmm. it's being pathologized for us. And there are certainly there are certainly women and babies who absolutely need medical care and whose lives are saved by medical care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I am grateful for that. The majority of women and babies don't actually need medical care during pregnancy and birth, and yeah. so the fact that ninety eight percent of women are having having babies in hospitals where the birth is treated as a medical emergency and pregnancy is treated as a pathology, I. I think that does something to our relationship with our own bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's problematic. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't always know how to talk to people about that because we're so invested in our birth stories and our stories and that's fine. And I'm not here to tell anybody what went right or wrong in their birth because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's so much fear when we talk about birth and I think that's problematic when we talk about our relationship with our femininity and with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, you know, you had brought up, uh, you know, we think about ourselves about, well, well we think about violence against women. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the first things that, that we jump to in our mind, mm-hmm. at least, or maybe some people do is we'll, what happened? What, what did she do to provoke that? Yes. You know, was There's it a lot of victim blaming? Yes. And, um, and you know, I, it, uh, it is exactly victim blaming. I think I think, well, I think it's a learned trait because mm-hmm. I think it's, um, you know, if you are brought up that way, yes. there, I mean, there's so many different, it's generational. Oh, it's, it's so deep. I think it's so deep in us. It, it, and, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just lots of ways to look at, um, you know, I mean, is it through, is it religion? Is mm-hmm. it, um, like, is it the generational thing? Is it, um, just the way you're, brought up and um and so I know that it's been hard to um sometimes it's hard to even when I think of things like something will happen I'll be okay I've checked myself yeah and go okay wait a minute I you know I know Mm -hmm. and being um a victim of a sexual assault Mm -hmm. uh, myself Mm -hmm. um you know I I know that was not my fault did you know it at like, the time? Yes. I didn't. Well, um, yeah, I did. Okay. Because I, I was older. I was in college. Yeah, I was 10 when I was sexually assaulted. And I did not know that it was my it was not my fault. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure exactly why that was. 
And I don't want to put blame on my mom, my poor mom. <laughs> I adore my mom. She's a great mom. Mm -hmm. um, but she was told that as long as I was sleeping and acting okay, I was probably fine. And I didn't need a counselor or I didn't need any meds. And that advice blows my mind. Because how did any human think that a child experiencing that would just be okay? And not mm -hmm. giving. And so it really, I mean, it deeply, deeply affected me through my teens and my 20s. And I really started healing in my 30s. And I genuinely did not know it was not my fault until like probably a couple years ago. Mm. And I'd not, Amazing. and not even consciously, but really just unconsciously. Uh huh. You yeah. know, because I live in the body I live in, because I guess because the world doesn't take it seriously, we don't the vast majority of perpetrators are never held accountable in court or there's mm -hmm. never any kind of criminal justice. And so I, I, I don't know why I didn't know that it wasn't my fault, but I really didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I think yeah. that's part of me just really wanting to embrace my femininity, femininity and embrace my power in my femininity comes from, from, a painful place of literally a couple decades of blaming myself for that. Uh -huh. And that's probably why it feels so, so important to me. To me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I know my, um, I think when like my, my experience is happened much later mm -hmm. and I can play it in my mind. And what it came down to was no matter what I did, could do, I mean, I, I know that there was nothing I can do to get out of that situation. Sure. There. And, um, it's one of these things I have in back in my mind. Like I want to take self-defense classes. I want to mm. take back and like, how could I have gotten out of this situation? Right. And I couldn't. Sure. Um, and so it's, you know, it affected me and like, that's like, like not to put myself into a situation in like, yeah. and even that, like, I, know. I, you think like, wait a minute, I did not put myself in that situation. Right. And that's so interesting too, the way you say that, because I really, the more I think about sexual violence and how prevalent it is and how much we excuse it and how much we blame victims. Like I really started thinking about it as gender-based terrorism because we are taught to be afraid all of the time. Mm -hmm. And isn't that terrorism? Isn't that the point of terrorism? It's to make us feel afraid all of the time mm -hmm. because we as women, even if you've not been a victim, you know that you could be, right? Right. You know that you could be. You know that it's not safe to walk to your car by yourself. You know that you shouldn't be walking alone at night, night. after dark. So all of these things are freedoms that men have yeah they have and <laughs> and so i really have and i wish we would talk about it more as gender-based terrorism because i really have started to view it that way mm -hmm. as a way to keep women afraid as a way to keep women small as a way to prevent women from stepping into their full selves and that's mm -hmm. a tragedy yeah. we all yeah. lose out yeah yeah and it, it you know and it's it's funny some of the things i think about at 2 a.m when i can't sleep <laughs> Are like something like that. And then you think of, okay, we're afraid because, mm -hmm. because physically mm -hmm. men are strong. Yes. And yep. you know, it, one of these things that, um, and it's funny cause I, it was a Disney movie that one prompted one of these, you know, just 
going on and on in my brain. Sure. Um, <laughs> that it, when it was Pocahontas, actually, mm-hmm. and where her friend asks her, well, why don't you want to marry, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Sure. And then I don't want to marry him. Why? But he's big and he's strong mm-hmm. and he can protect you and he can build you a house. Sure. And that just, well, hmm. Back then, size mattered, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? You looked for mm-hmm. a big, strong guy who could protect you. Sure, sure. And, and so... Uh, it, that's still something we, that some women find attractive. Oh, sure. I find sure. it attractive, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. And there's... And, uh, yeah, and there's... And, but it was more of, um, okay, well, we need someone to pr- protect us. Mm-hmm. This is... I. Th- and I was, of course, I was watching some other movie. I don't know if, it, I don't think it was Braveheart or something. It was, it was, I think, the one in, um, I remember now, well, Liam Neeson, when he played R- Rob Roy. But oh, there was a scene watching. in there, and there was a rape scene in there. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, um, uh, you know, I think it was the, the English soldier, you know, mm. if we can't get them out, we'll breed them out type oh, of thing. sure, yeah. And that scene just stuck with me, like, this is what, I mean, we have to be, um, I mean, that's, we're, that's something we're afraid of now. Like you said, we don't want to walk down the street. Right. And, um, but back then, I thought, you know, Wow, those and then if if a woman was pregnant, how was she looked at right. as opposed to now being you know we know that well that in terms of rape, that wasn't her fault mm-hmm. well, so, and some people there's still a, there's, there's still, still people that are gonna blame her there's still yeah, people that are at least partially blame you know et cetera. Yeah. but yes i I hear what you're saying um and so yeah, so these are like the things that would keep me up and and yeah. thinking about and so I was thinking about like what is the what is the great equalizer mm. and so it dawn I'm just on. I mean, just like entered my mom. Like, I think the pill was the great equalizer. It was a where, huge deal. It was a huge, yeah. It was a huge and deal. I know that, um, you know, being from a conservative background mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, the pill. Like, how could you, <laughs> <laughs> how could you talk about that? Like, don't, like, yeah. that was like this evil thing. Was and it? I, it? You know, like, you don't know. We're not going to talk about the, and, and it was, you know, I was, I was working with this one gal who, um, Years and years and years ago. And she says, you know what? I um, I have to... We were talking about our female problems because I was sure. talking about endometriosis. And mm-hmm. she said, well, you know, I'm on the pill because I can't get a period w- without the pill. Mm-hmm. And she says, there's someone here in another department who won't talk to me. And I found out why because oh. I was at lunch. I take my pill with... Lunch. At my lunch, Ugh. and she saw me open it in my purse and take it, and now and she she won't talk to me. She's, like, oh, she's on the pill. Oh, like, we what's really she want doing? to police <laughs> other people's reproduction, don't we? Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, so you know that has stayed. And I saw, I thought that is. I mean, that if you're on the pill, you then you don't. If I mean, nothing is a hundred percent right uh, effective, but. There is that fear, I think, especially with those uh, those of us who have been mm-hmm. sexual sexually assaulted. That it's like that's you worry about that. You mm-hmm. were in, 
if if it wasn't for the pill, mm-hmm. I think it kind of make because you know, well, we 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 know men men will have sex. Well, they don't have to worry about that, right? Uh, yeah, there's in, very in very the few sense, consequences for yes. men in a way so, that women bear. Yeah, different, very different, exactly. and very bigger. You just said it in the way I would want to say. It. <laughs> yeah, they had. There are other con- consequences. There are other things that um, we have to bear that men yeah. don't. And um, and I don't. And I mean that in a way of I'm talking about a lot of things. I'm not mm-hmm. only talking about pre- pregnancy. Sure. Um, but yeah. like you, like you just said. There's things like men. Oh, you have to worry about going out at night. You worry right. have to worry about, you mean yep. you know going to your car in yeah. the parking garage. And I've had some men who have said, um, yeah. "Would you like me to walk mm-hmm. you to your car?" Which mm-hmm. is, oh, yes, please walk mm-hmm. me to my car. That's very nice that you would do that because even though the parking garage is all lit, and I mean it's um you know, um, so, you know, I've always. You know that I to me that's he's being a gentleman. He's looking out for my welfare. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody I I know, yeah, will yes, say that. Yes, it's yes. not like somebody comes to market there. <laughs> oh yeah, that actually would be creepy. Creepy. But yeah, but like you know, uh, yeah, because uh, you know, so that's you know, fine. Like I don't take things, you know. Is well, hey, I can I can walk to my car myself. I, I have got, mixed I, feelings about it. <laughs> I I see it both ways. That's probably uh-huh. the Libra in me. I really see things <laughs> both ways, um, because yes, that is that's kind, and he's looking out for you. And also, I feel like it reinforces this idea that we're always in danger, and I mm-hmm. want to push back against that. I don't really mm-hmm. know what to do with that because yes, it's true that mm-hmm. we are in danger. Like that's true, mm-hmm. and also, I don't want to live my life being afraid or attempting to prevent violence. Oh, you yeah. Know I, mean? I, understand. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with that yet. That's mm-hmm. still rolling around in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I do kind of feel both ways about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see, and I could see why, why you say that. And I think that's, I think it's good. Somebody who's listening to us now who maybe has not seen, doesn't see it that way, mm-hmm. but thought, Oh, I didn't know. Ah, yeah. Okay. That's another way of looking at it. I didn't see how that action mm-hmm. can be interpreted that way or. And there is, and, I mean, there are women who will view that as sexist. I don't know if I think that, but I definitely, it's definitely a reminder that we live in a world that's dangerous to women. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks that we live in a dangerous world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It, um, unfortunately you know that's that it yeah that it's yeah, and the it, case and it's hopefully it's something we can change you know i having um having a son mm-hmm. i have and it was funny because i always used to tease him and when he was little i would say you know ladies first mm-hmm. you know and then and he would he would he would tell say to people ladies first and i said I think I know why you do that. This is why I said, because you're shy mm. and you would rather have someone go first. Sure. Yeah. So you say ladies first. Yeah. I said, well, um, he says, well, you know, I'll open the door for someone. And I know, and mm-hmm. I said, that's, that's how it was. He said that he had opened the door for a classmate mm-hmm. and, um, 
you know, ladies first. And I said, that's because you're shy. You didn't want to go in the classroom by yourself. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ma, how did you know? <laughs> but I mean, I've been in situations where, you know, someone will open the door for me and I just say, thank you. Uh-huh. And yeah, I've been pretty, in situations like where too, someone yeah. will, I can open the door. You don't have to open it for me. And yep. men, men will, and, and I don't like the way I raised my son was you need, you need to be, um, you know, respectful mm-hmm. and have manners yeah, and yeah. it's, you know, you should open the door for a lady. I said, um, there can be, you know, there could be many reasons. I mean, the, some do- doors are heavy. You can, oh, it's much easier, you know, for you to open. Okay. Okay. Ma. You know, <laughs> and we get, anyway, and we get into conversations about locker room talk. Sure. Yeah. And, um, things that are, you know, have been yeah. said. I don't even know how I would raise a son. I really don't. It's <laughs> it, you know, and I, I, I we, we just had this conversation recently and, um, you know, oh my, it's just, it's locker room talk. Um, okay. But you know what? That, that woman that you're talking about mm-hmm. is someone's sister, mm-hmm. is someone's daughter, um, might be someone's mother. I said, and so regardless, how she's a you, human being. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I said, so I, and so I'm trying to, I said, you know, if someone were to talk about your sister like that, right. how would you feel? I right. want you to sit, you know, I want you to sit with that mm-hmm. or your daughter. Mm-hmm. Why don't you sit with that? Yeah. And just think about it. Because I, I know it's hard, you you know, being young, not having a well, child. Yeah, and especially. And <laughs> this, think about if someone said something derogatory about, you know, right. your daughter. How would you feel about that? Well, you know, I, I don't know how. I, okay, well, just want you to think about that. And um so locker room talk is not just locker room talk. Absolutely I mean, not. I said, you know, women talk about guys mm-hmm. and we talk, about, but I've never experienced it from the extent of hearing things that I've heard in the news sure, about yeah. celebrities, politicians talking. I about, don't hear women laughing talk. and joking about perpetuating violence against men the way that I hear men laughing and talking about perpetuating violence against women. I don't mm-hmm. see that. And I'm sure there are some, but I don't see it as going both ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's kind of what you were getting at as far as women, women yeah. talk too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Women, yeah. I mean, we'll sit around talk. I mean, but I don't think it's like, yeah, like we, violence or um, we won't, I don't think it's as, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not profane. It's not, it's not, I wouldn't say detailed. It's Mm. as what you hear. Yeah. Men. Sure. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, and, and I think men are confused too. As to what, you know, like, like I'll hear, and, and, and I heard this years ago from a, um, a friend of mine who said, I don't understand why, um, why I do all this work mm-hmm. in my coworker, who's a, a woman, like they mm-hmm. was set up for trade shows. Mm-hmm. 
and he would carry all the boxes in, mm. and he would set it up and everything sure. goes in. And she's there with me, but mm-hmm. then I clean it up. I got to carry everything up. She, why, why should get paid more? Because I'm doing more. I'm like, oh boy. Oh, <laughs> here we go. And, and so, so one day, I mean, and then now this is like 30 years later. Right. I have this, my, I said to my son, I said, can you bring up this, this, um, this basket of clothes for me? Oh, well. What about equality, mom? You can't you bring it up? You can't bring it up? Uh-huh. Yep. He's laughing. And I know he's kidding. I right, go, you right. know what? I said, first of all, uh, I said, men and women will never be equal. And that is because men are stronger than women. There are just some physical things they're going to be, uh, that you can do, I can't do. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I work out, I'm not going to be as strong as you. I said, so... This is where we can use your brawn and mm-hmm. pick it up and just take it upstairs for me. And he's, <laughs> he just looks at me like, what? I go, but here's the thing. You take it upstairs. I fold all the clothes. Yep. So we have split that job. Yep. I didn't break my back. <laughs> and you know what? And then I just hand you your stuff. You put it away. I mean, it's we can work together and get mm-hmm. this done. Mm-hmm. But... I think it's, I said, you know, we got into the conversation of if we're working the same job, we should mm-hmm. get paid the same. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, but there's just some things that men. We're different. We're different. We're different. And Because I don't see men growing and burning babies. And I think that's no. pretty badass. I don't know if I can swear on here. But <laughs> that's I think okay. It's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, maybe they have more physical strength, but we have this totally other thing that exactly. is incredible mm-hmm. and is amazing. And that quite frankly, I don't think we honor it enough. <laughs> well, I know so... you are out to change that. <laughs> I am. You are out to change that. And, and um, that is, that is amazing. That's great. That if we can talk, you know, just, I find that when I just talk one-on-one with someone, like even like we're doing now and someone's going to be listening mm-hmm. to us, um, is, you know, is it's more effective. And, and I don't mean effective in changing someone's mind or sure. anything. It's just, just if, if each of us could think of things in a different way or think yeah. of it from someone on someone's point yes. of view. That doesn't mean you're going to change your mind, change your sure. opinion. Well, you could kind of see where that person's coming from, from and understand their background and understand why they feel the way they feel or think the way they think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that, yeah, that is exactly why, you know, well, I started really cool. a podcast. I'm, oh, I'm so I'm, happy to be, I'm so honored. <laughs> Thank you I for am, having me. I am, I think I am more interested, not in someone's opinion, mm. But how they got to that opinion. Sure. What sure. What uh, events and like what decisions, sure. what have yep. have sh- have shaped that opinion that they mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And um, but also uh, when we talk about life, we're talking about um, all these choices and decisions. Oh, and man. Life is something, into isn't you, it? Into, you know, put you on this path. Too. Yeah. I didn't think I would be on a path to becoming a life coach. Yeah. Um, but it has put me on this path, yeah. on this path yeah. and these different, um, these different things that have happened to me health wise, yeah. um, yep. how yep. I've dealt with them, yeah. how I've, um, 
just, you know, made discoveries by talking mm -hmm. to people and mm -hmm. talking things out and hearing their point of view and, and they'll give me an idea and you might ruminate and then spark something else. <laughs> sure. So that, that's, that's always, that's just my, uh, that's just my thing. Awesome. I think it's inspiring and awesome that you're embracing your thing yeah. and you're chasing. It. Like, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. It's fun. So is there anything else that you would like to share with, um, with this audience? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, if you're a woman listening, you're amazing and your body is amazing. And if you're a man listening, you're also amazing. Your body is also mm -hmm. amazing. <laughs> um, and if you're non-binary, you're awesome and your body is awesome. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I mean, I can, I've told you how you can get in touch. I've got feministmanifesta.com with the blog and the birth work. And I've actually just linked it to my Etsy store. I need to kind of change what I'm doing with Etsy, but that's okay. And, um, yeah. I'm just... And your website is prairiechiropracticqc.com. Yes, ma'am. And you can, you're on Instagram. My Feminist Manifesta is on Instagram. Yep. Which is just Feminist Manifesta with an A. Okay. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. Yep. Thank you, Dr. Frieda. <laughs> Thank you. It's been being, an honor. <laughs> for being here. This is just wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for listening to the Tell Me Your Story podcast. You can find Dr. Frida at prairiechiropracticqc.com and feministmanifesta.com, on Instagram at feministmanifesta, and feel free to contact her by email. A link to her article on Elephant Journal and her email address will be in the show notes. Be sure to visit lswellnessqc.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and sign up for our newsletter. If you're enjoying this episode, it helps us tremendously if you would go to your favorite podcatcher and leave us a review right now. It takes less than a minute and helps push us up in the search rankings. We promise to keep providing killer content for you, and hopefully you see that value to head over right now and review us. Until next time, beautiful souls.